always don't win because we're gonna go in there, we're gonna impeach them. <laughs> Is that what she said? That's what she said. That's what I thought. <laughs> well, I don't know why I came here tonight. Well, that's why. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I am. Yes, I'm stuck in from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast that's heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Also up in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI and Round Mountain on KKRN and in Eureka on KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso. Eugene's KEPW, out in Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, in Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR, in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, in Goldendale, Washington on KVGD, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast coast and around the globe every day on the internets, even on the holidays on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Desi Doyen and uh, me, I, are back. Me, we I. We are back. We are back. Hey, Des. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Hope you are rested up after the holidays. My uh, thanks uh, to Angie Coiro of In Deep Radio for filling in for Desi and me over Correct. the holidays. Thank you. So we could take some uh, long overdue downtime after an excruciatingly difficult year. Um, also, thanks to all of you for tolerating our absence over the holidays as we really needed some physical and emotional and mental rest, I think. Uh, also, we needed to say hello to our families for the first time in a very long time after a long and crucial election year that is still not over, by the way. The North Carolina U.S. House race in the state's uh, 9th Congressional District continues to be uncertified, with the seat uh, still vacant uh, now amid a protracted investigation into GOP absentee ballot fraud and a mess along with it regarding the unconstitutionality of the state's election board in the wake of the Republican attempt to steal executive power from North Carolina's Democratic governor back in 2016, who replaced the Republican governor that year. I suspect we'll be getting caught up on that story later this week on the broadcast. Got a lot to catch up on uh, today, this week, in fact. Uh, but first, we, we've got a lot to get to, including your calls, I hope, now that Congress is back in session and the blue wave 
The blue tsunami from uh, November's election is now beginning in earnest in Washington, D.C., with Democrats returning to the majority in the U.S. House, at least. What would you like to see from this Congress? Uh, What would you like to see them focus on right now? They've already forwarded a few ideas including an elections and ethics reform bill that Angie spoke about on Friday's show. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit more about that bill. There's a lot in it uh, in a little bit. Of course, there was a lot of talk of Donald Trump's potential impeachment over the weekend as uh, after some profane comments about it and um, from a uh, from a uh, about both impeachment and about him, I guess, from a new member of Congress. Oh, clutch your pearls for that one. Um, so indeed, articles of impeachment have already been filed or in this case refiled uh, by two Democratic Congress members since they have uh, come back into session. Uh, so what would you like to see? What would you like to see the Democrats focusing on? And oh, yeah, that's right. The government is still shut down, at least partially, as Trump demands uh, some $5.6 billion still for his southern border wall. Those demands continue now into a third week. We'll discuss that shortly as well. And yes, I will solve the shutdown for everybody in America. That solution coming up momentarily. And it involves, frankly, giving Trump everything he asked for, but still not giving him $5 billion for his wall. I will explain in a moment. Uh, But anyway, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want Democrats in the House to do and in the uh, Senate, where they are still in the minority, what would you like to see them focus on? Give me a call, please. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. We'll get to your calls on that in a little bit. Um, Meanwhile, some news today. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg missed oral arguments today for the first time in more than 25 years. Her first time ever, in fact, missing an oral argument as she recuperates from cancer surgery last month. She was not on the bench as the court met Monday to hear arguments. It was not clear when she would return to the court, which will hear more cases on Tuesday and Wednesday and again next week. Court spokes, uh, spokeswoman uh, said the 85-year-old justice is continuing to recuperate and work from home after doctors removed two cancerous growths from her left lung in, uh, in, on December 21, she was discharged from a New York hospital on Christmas Day, but did not appear uh, in, uh, in court today. Chief Justice John Roberts said in, a, um, said in the courtroom on Monday that she would, she would, in fact, participate in deciding the cases being argued on Monday, quote, on the basis of the briefs and transcripts of oral arguments, So she will be voting on these matters anyway, despite not being present to ask questions during oral argument. Ginsburg has had two earlier cancer surgeries, one in 1999, another in 2009. Those did not cause her to miss court sessions. She's also broken ribs on at least two occasions. The court said the doctors found the growths on her uh, on her lung when she was being treated for those fractured ribs. Uh, After a fall in November, after past health scares, Ginsburg has come back to work relatively quickly. In 2009, she was at the court for arguments 
just 18 days after surgery for pancreatic cancer. Weeks after her fall in November, she was uh, asking questions at high court arguments. She was speaking at a naturalization ceremony for new citizens. She was being interviewed at screenings of the new movie that is about her on the basis of sex, it is called. We saw that over the holidays. Uh, And I will note, it's quite excellent. Don't know if Desi agrees or not on that, uh, but I do. Uh, it do was you? a really good film, I thought. Also, a, a really good uh, opportunity to show younger folks what it was like for women back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Not fun. Felicity Jones uh, nailed, I thought, the uh, her portrayal of the uh, younger RBG. And uh, without giving anything away, I will note that uh, the ending brought me to tears. Just saying. I was weeping like a baby. Uh, In some much better news out of SCOTUS today, the U.S. Supreme Court has refused, oh, Des, you're going to like this, uh, has refused to hear ExxonMobil's bid to prevent the Massachusetts Attorney General, Maura Healey, from investigating whether Exxon covered up its knowledge about the role its products have played in warming the planet. According to the Boston Globe, the high court on Monday said it had denied cert in the case of ExxonMobil Corp versus Healy. That means it will not hear the case, hear their complaint, hear ExxonMobil trying to keep that attorney general away from us. Don't let her don't let her request documents from us. Healy's uh, spokesperson said in a statement, quote, the law is clear. The attorney general's office has the authority to investigate Exxon's conduct toward consumers and investors, and we are proceeding. The public deserves answers, she said, from this company about what it knew about the impacts of burning fossil fuels and when they knew it. Uh, A Massachusetts Superior Court had ruled in 2017 that ExxonMobil must turn over 40 years of documents on climate change. The company appealed that ruling. The state Supreme Court in Massachusetts upheld that lower court ruling uh, last year. And ExxonMobil then tried to get the U.S. Supreme Court to step in. Today, they refused to. It didn't work. Uh, Richard Wiles, the executive director of the Center for Climate Integrity in Washington, D.C., said today's decision is yet another defeat for Exxon in their fight to hide the fact that they have known for 50 years that their products cause climate change. The uh, environmental group 350.org said uh, this latest decision brings great momentum in the fight to hold fossil fuel companies accountable for causing the climate crisis. We thank Attorney General Healy for her vigilant leadership in standing up for people over polluters, they said. Executives at Exxon knew about climate change decades ago, but they chose to lie to the rest of us to line their oily pockets. That's a good line. And I'd also point out that, you know, this is about the state-level regulations, state laws that say, sure, you've got a First Amendment right, but you don't have a First Amendment right to lie to your investors about the impacts of climate change on your business, which is what this is basically being investigated under. So to be clear... They can lie. Lying is not illegal. Lying in and of itself is not unconstitutional. It's the First Amendment right. You can lie all you want. Apparently, Donald Trump does it every day, every minute that he is awake and probably while he is asleep and dreaming, he's lying. (laughs) Excellent point. But 
you can't lie if it affects business and investors. Right. Uh, you cannot lie in official go- it, government fraud. documents filed with the SEC, the right. Securities and Exchange Commission, for example. So there's there's lots that they can be investigated for. And I think that the- invest- Fraud. That's fraud. Yes, that is outright fraud. And the, the it, it does appear that the documents will show that Exxon did know about this and that they actually chose intentionally to lie about it for decades. Well, we'll see once they turn over 50 years of documents, which now they have to do. Uh, All right. uh, So there is some better news from the Supreme Court. Uh, As previously noted, however, the federal government's partial shutdown continues today, now into its third week. And the uh, troubling effects of that shutdown are beginning to reveal themselves. Uh, Trump who decided to demand some $5 billion for a border wall after he had previously agreed to and after Republicans in the U.S. Senate had passed a bill that allocated some $1.3 billion to border security uh, because right-wingers on talk radio like Rush Limbaugh and on Fox News because they criticized him for not demanding more money for the wall even though he had already agreed to this previous amount. Uh, In any case, Donald Trump will now deliver a primetime speech on Tuesday night explaining his pretend reasons for shutting down the government over this demand. Actually, the White House said it's uh, to explain the the border crisis, our ongoing national crisis at the border, where there is no crisis. Uh, The administration has been claiming that some 4,000 People who were originally they called them terrorists. Then they say, oh, no, we mean uh, people who are suspected of terrorism, who who could be terrorists, who may someday become terrorists. I think they were referring to people who are otherwise on the uh, the terror watch list. Some 4000 of them had been apprehended in 2018 at the border, according to the administration. But according to documents that uh, a, uh, NBC News has obtained today, Apparently, that number is not 4,000, quote unquote, suspected terrorists who were apprehended at the border. The number is actually six. Not 6,000, not 600, but six. Nonetheless, uh, that's, I guess, the uh, crisis, uh, the national crisis that we have to uh, have a uh, primetime speech about. And now the television networks are deciding whether they're going to clear their schedule or not. Should they? Let me know what you think. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. The partial government shutdown over funding for that border wall has uh, reached a milestone on Sunday. According to USA Today, it is now tied for the third longest shutdown on record with no end in sight. Uh, Donald Trump insisted that the border wall dispute was, quote, a very important battle. And he also floated the idea that declaring a national emergency would let him use defense funds to start building a wall. That idea has been met with no small amount of outrage from Democrats and uh, controversy from legal experts who charge that using funds and U.S. troops in that way in a national emergency declared situation, that that would be in violation of the law. Not that such things have ever stopped this president from trying. Uh, The paper notes the shutdown has resulted in prisoners feasting on steak in front of unpaid prison guards and has left national parks trashed and closed. 
closed. Uh, Desi, I know you've been following that part of the story closely. Are, are the national parks really in danger here from this, from what's going on? Uh, yes. Uh, national parks advocacy groups say that uh, visitors during this period uh, could do permanent damage to the parks and to resources, you know, infrastructure, archaeological treasures. Because um, remember, in past shutdowns, previous administrations have chosen to close and block access to national parks and monuments and museums and zoos in Washington. It's a safety issue to have a skeleton crew there, not nearly enough people to staff the the parks and the infrastructure to make sure things are working. So the trash isn't being taken out at these national parks. Bathrooms are not being cleaned at these national parks, except where volunteers from local communities who rely on that revenue have actually banded together and spent their own money to try to help maintain the bathrooms and the trash. So, for example, at Yosemite, two campgrounds were shut down because visitors were using the roadside as a toilet. Yeah, I guess we should tell the truth. We were actually off for a few weeks and going from national park to national <laughs> park where there is nobody there taking uh, money, That's entrance true. fees. You can just drive on in. People are driving in like crazy tearing up the roads and yes pooping in the street yeah that's that's really where we and, were and it's over and of course that's not true but to be but to be clear you yes, know human true. waste spreads disease <laughs> so having all of these yeah. people not having a place to go to the restroom is actually a serious ecological problem and you mentioned nobody's there to collect entrance fees or to collect any of the other concessionaire fees and that's like 230 million dollars a year that's going to not go into the national park budget which is already 12 billion dollars behind in infrastructure maintenance and backlog. Do you think Donald Trump cares? Do you think Donald <laughs> Trump has ever been to a national park? I, I don't I don't know I, that he I ever don't know actually that he has. has. Uh, so meanwhile, the Smithsonian museums are also closed in Washington, D.C., uh, as part of the federal government shutdown, there are no federal staffers to answer tourist questions at the Lincoln Memorial, which I guess is also under, is it, well, it's a national monument, not a national park. Yeah, I, I think, but it's, yeah, yeah, the National Mall, I think, is considered a national park, but I actually, yeah, that's a good question. So there's uh, no rangers there to help people uh, across the U.S. Parks are cluttered with trash, according to AP, uh, yet despite the federal government shutdown, a historic clock tower in Washington, D.C., remains open for a handful of visitors who are and and it is being staffed by uh, what AP describes as green clad National Park Service Rangers. The Trump administration appears to have gone out of its way to keep this particular attraction open, this clock tower open in the federally owned old post office building, which now houses the Trump International Hotel. Uh, it is being uh, it is the clock tower is staying open and staffed with rangers, even as other federal agencies shut all but the most essential services. A spokeswoman for the General Services Administration, which owns the building and leases it to Trump, I should say to the Trump organization that is his business, uh, said in an email that the shutdown exemption for the little known clock tower was, quote, unrelated to the facility's tenant. That would be the Trump's business. Do you believe her? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, well, she wouldn't lie. Uh, the scene at the uh, historic site at the Trump Hotel building, uh, where rangers often outnumber visitors, marked the latest episode, says AP, in which Trump's business interests have overlapped with the work of the federal government, creating at least the appearance of a conflict of interest. 
Um, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, or CREW, filed a Freedom of Information Act request with the GSA uh, for documents explaining why the tower was open uh, while everywhere else is closed how it continues to be funded, and uh, seeking any communications between the agency and the Trump organization. Noah Bookbinder, the executive director of CREW, said, at the very least, this smells funny. Well, if you think that smells funny, you should go to our national parks and smell the roadways at this point. Uh, he says, uh, we have not seen a satisfactory basis for why one park service property is opened while uh, no others are. This was uh, completed, the clock tower, by the way, if you haven't heard of it, as most people have not. I hadn't. Uh, It was completed in 1899. It's uh, in the Romanesque style former post office. It's on the National Register of Historic Places. And the GSA pays uh, pays for the National Park Service to run the building's clock tower, which affords one of the best views of the nation's capitals. Um... The uh, tower had initially closed to the public after the shutdown started. The GSA says they noticed that the deal under which the Park Service staffs the site had expired and they renewed it. And the Park Service then reopened the tower last week, according to the agency. The GSA, which helps other federal agencies operate, said it was using money from its building fund to keep the tower open and staffed. But why that one? Well, you beat the judge. Uh, we'll let you know if we find out any more as crew gets its, uh, hopefully gets its requested documents. But uh, who knows? Just happened to work out for Donald Trump, the luckiest man alive, I guess, uh, or at least for his businesses. In other shutdown news, if the government shutdown continues into next month, millions of Americans will suffer from disrupted SNAP benefits, otherwise known as food stamps. According to a Monday CBS News report, SNAP is automatically renewed every year, but Congress has not approved funding beyond January. Now, there is a $3 million reserve of emergency SNAP funds, but that will fall very far short of the the needs for the program. By way of comparison, in September of 2018, just in that one month, $4.7 billion was distributed nationwide in SNAP benefits. SNAP isn't the only uh, critical program at risk because of the shutdown, according to, I should say, critical nutrition uh, program at risk. According to CBS, the food distribution program on Indian reservations and the special supplemental nutrition program for women, infants, and children, otherwise known as WIC, they are currently receiving no federal funding at all. And they are depending on state reserves. So no rush because, you know, we're just talking about supplying nutrition to women and infants and children and I guess Native Americans. Or after this month, pretty much everyone in poverty who relies on the SNAP program to eat and feed their families unless this crisis is resolved soon. Wisconsin Public Radio uh, reports that a variety of programs that businesses use are also out of service from the E-Verify system. That's an online program that verifies an employee's ability to work in the U.S. Uh, regarding their uh, their citizenship, their lack thereof, their visa status, etc. That is down. Now, you would think if there is a border crisis, if uh, undocumented immigrants are streaming in, 
You would think that the administration would want to make sure that things like E-Verify was up and working, but nah, not so much. But I can help. I can help this entire shutdown business. I will solve it. Here's how to solve it. Democrats should give Donald Trump, give the administration exactly what they asked for, for border wall funding in their fiscal year 2019 budget. And I don't know why more aren't discussing this, but while Trump is throwing a temper tantrum for not receiving some $5.6 billion that he suddenly decided to request uh, after an agreement had been struck and voted on in the Republican-controlled Senate last year and after Trump and the White House had agreed to that agreement to keep the government funded through September of 2019, the bill that Republicans already passed last year already had almost everything that Trump had asked for on the border wall in his actual fiscal year 2019 budget. No, he didn't ask for $5.6 billion in that budget. He asked for $1.6 billion. And that's almost uh, the amount that uh, Congress was allocating and that he agreed to before he changed his mind, before uh, Rush Limbaugh and Ann Coulter and everyone else told him that wasn't good enough. But this is exactly uh, what the White House had asked for. Well, damn near. 1.6 1.6 billion. How do I know this? Well, if you go online to the White House, to the fiscal year 2019 budget that came out in February of uh, of this past year of 2018, it's called efficient, effective, accountable, an American budget. That's actually what it's called. Uh, If you go down to the section on Department of Homeland Security, and I will link to it at bradblog.com today when uh, when we post today's show, page 57 highlights uh, this is the department on on, uh, the section on the Department of Homeland Security. DHS says the mission of the Department of Homeland Security is to secure the nation from the many threats it faces. DHS safeguards the American people, the homeland and American values by preventing terrorism, enhancing security managing the borders, administrating immigration laws, et cetera, et cetera. It said the budget, talking about uh, this budget for 2019, the one that Donald Trump has shut down the government over, the budget requests $46 billion in discretionary appropriations for DHS. Critical investments include $1.6 billion for construction of the border wall. That's how much the administration asked for. They asked for $1.6 billion, and then they agreed initially with the U.S. Senate for $1.3 billion. Remember, these are just budget proposals that the uh, White House, the, any administration, puts out, sends to Congress and says, this is our, these are our priorities. Please give us as close to this as you possibly can. They almost did. And by the way, this budget... Uh, was submitted from the White House Office of Management and Budget, the OMB. Who heads up the OMB? Oh, that would be Donald Trump's now-acting chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney. So Mick Mulvaney, the president's chief of staff, submitted a budget last February for this year for asking for $1.6 billion for the border wall. And the Republican U.S. Senate agreed to give him almost that much, $1.3 billion. It's right there in their budget. 
So I don't understand, frankly, why the Democrats aren't making more noise about this. Uh, and what they should do is say, yes, OK, Mr. Trump, we will give you everything we asked for. We are willing to compromise. We will give you $1.6 billion precisely as you requested in your own budget proposal. And that would be a bump up from $1.3 billion uh, for the maintenance and repair of border fencing. So Democrats should compromise with the president right now, give him exactly that $1.6 billion he asked for, show everybody his budget proposal where he asked for exactly that, and shutdown solved. Right? You're welcome, America. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. I don't know why I have to, you know, go on holiday and come back and solve the nation's shutdown uh, problem. But I'm happy to do it. Uh, So now that uh, Democrats have returned to the majority in the U.S. House, uh, they have already both passed the exact budget proposal that was already approved by Republicans in the Senate last year and by the White House until Trump didn't like the bad press he was getting from Limbaugh and Fox News. So this should be done as is. But if you, you know, you need to adjust a little, you need to compromise, you need to work together. OK, change it from 1.3 billion, 1.6 billion. And then we can reopen the goddamn government and clean the poop off the roads in Yosemite. But Mitch McConnell by the way, in the Senate, he's not allowing the very same bill that his party and the Democrats agreed and approved almost unanimously last year. McConnell is not allowing that very same bill to be voted on this year. So uh, anyway, uh, what should Democrats be focusing on? You can let me know. 818-985-5735. Democrats have introduced uh, the very first thing they did uh, was a bill called For the People Act, the For the People Act or H.R. 1 to reform elections and ethics in the Trump era. Nice to see that. And of course, impeachment is still very much on the table and a whole bunch of other stuff. What do you want to see uh, Democrats make their first priority this year? Give me a call. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us. 
818-985-5735 is our phone number. Uh, I want to talk about what the Democrats uh, have rolled out, what they are calling for, uh, and what you would like to see them do as the first priority. Never mind whether they're doing it or not. Let me know what you think they should do. Um, it's uh, You know what? Let me get right to some. Uh, I know some of you already have some thoughts on this. Uh, I have some, uh, some thoughts and some details, and uh, one of which I like a whole lot from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But let's see if we get to it or if we just go to your calls. Mike in Lomita. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Brad, 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 you're so naive. Yeah. Uh, you talk about uh, a deal as if it's a deal. This is the age of Trump. So yeah. no contract that is signed is valid. <laughs> uh, you know, he agreed to uh, $1.6 billion, did you say? Well, yeah. I say we don't need to spend even that because in the campaign, the central feature of their campaign was that Mexico would pay for it. Yeah. And any acceptance of any funding by U.S. taxpayers is, in effect, declaring Trump and his supporters phonies. So we can put that one off the table altogether. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe, Mike. But the fact is, he's the president, and so he has to sign any bill to keep the government open, to fund the government. Republicans run the U.S. Senate. It seems like there needs to be some compromise, even though I would rather not. I join you, Mike. But the fact is... Uh, you know, well, hundreds of thousands no, no. are out of work or not being paid. That, uh, food, food uh, nutrition money is going to be going away. The national parks are being permanently yes, destroyed. Yes, yes. But my first proposal, yeah. uh, I sent a letter to the Times proposing this, is that given that the Mexican government will not pay for this, and that was the deal yeah. that got Trump elected, we should submit this to a national referendum and meanwhile open the government. My second proposal, which is uh, on principle... Let me, me, uh, Mike, a national referendum, you mean we have an election? We we put this on a ballot and have a a a nationwide election to decide whether we or Mexico should pay for this? And meanwhile, we follow the law and open the government while we work out the details of the referendum. The second proposal I have, which was not so lawful as the first one, is that since Trump is now yielding to uh, uh, using steel rather than concrete for his monster wall of America, we should go to chicken wire. You go to Walmart, buy it retail, and in 100-foot rolls, six feet tall, which is taller than most Central Americans, the total cost would be something less than $69 million, which is a big savings right there. For a thousands-mile uh, wall made of chicken wire. Sounds and good. it would be just as effective as the steel wall he's proposing, given the existence of shovels and ladders and airplanes. Thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate your call, sir. And ha- Happy New Year to you. Um, let's go to uh, Dan in Goleta. Hey, Dan, welcome to the broadcast. What is on uh, your mind, sir? Um, what I was just thinking is actually occurred to me over, uh, over the, since the shutdown started. Yeah. Why don't the Democrats come up with a deal like say, so, okay, we'll give you even your $5 billion for the wall, lower the Medicare age to 55 you see, like, why can't they negotiate like that? Then every time Trump tries a stunt like this, then you go, okay, we'll give you your stunt money. Now we're going to lower the Medicare age to 45, and then you have them on record, or the mm. Republicans, as vetoing that bill. 
I think if Obama that, had kept the um, is, lower Medicare age to 55 in his original uh, Affordable Care Act way back in 2010, 10. whenever it was, and two, Demo- or two Democrats wouldn't vote for it. Um, yeah. We had the 60 votes, but two Lieberman and one other person said, no, we don't want to lower Medicare age 55. If he had ever done that, I don't think Trump would have won at all, because then you'd have millions of people who actually got some real solid benefit from the Affordable Care Act. And they won't want the Republicans to take it away. Well, you know, I mean, you, you I might be I right. Think, but I think the bar- Dan I think the is, have it, a bargaining chip, and it, Trump's supposed to be a big bargainer. Well, you know what? You There's know, a do. lot of bargaining chips they have. For one, uh, they could say they could do what they sort of backed off on uh, last year, which was to say, uh, you know, m- 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 turn DACA into law. And, uh, you know, protect all of these uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of uh, immigrants who came here as children with their parents. Just make DACA the law. There's a lot of bargaining chips, but uh, aren't they sort of, in essence, bargaining with uh, negotiating with terrorists uh, sort of here in that Donald Trump had, you know, made an agreement. They spent months working out this agreement. They gave him almost everything they asked for, almost everything that he asked for in his in his budget. And then he just changed the rules, changed, uh, you know, what he was asking for at the end. I mean, what, he, it seems like he's going to do that no matter what they uh, try to bargain with him. I'm not sure if you can bargain with a guy like him. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think if you gave some 58-year-old Republicans a health care, they'd be happy. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, but anyway, a, lo- a lot of us would be. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate yeah, uh, those you. thoughts. Have a good day. Yes, Thank you, you too. Um all right. Well, Republicans are, of course, already whining, I should say, freaking out about the Democrats' agenda in the U.S. House. I'll get back to more of your calls in a second, by the way. 818-985-5735. This is, uh, you know, the American people, the American voters overwhelmingly voted Democrats into the majority in November. The new session began last week, and the questions of what Democrats, uh, you know, should support in this new session— in advance of the 2020 presidential election is very much worth discussing. And that's what I want to hear from you about. Um, But one of those proposals, it's not an official proposal yet, but uh, Congress now Congresswoman Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she took to 60 minutes on Sunday to float a change to the marginal tax rates to help offset the costs of Green New Deal programs. Uh, She pointed to progressive tax rates back in the 60s and 70s as the model for her proposal, which would put the highest earners in a tax rate of 70 percent at a tax rate of 70 percent for any income that they receive above 10 million dollars. Ronald Reagan slashed tax uh, rates for the wealthy back in the 1980s and in the decades that followed. Median income earners saw their wealth stagnate. While the highest earners pooled a gargantuan share of the country's wealth, according to Emily Hazard over at Think Progress, currently 90 percent of America's wealth. Get this. 90 percent of America's wealth is concentrated in just 160,000 households. So uh, Alexandria or Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, as uh, she now we now call her on the Twitters, as she calls herself, um, she spoke with uh, 60 Minutes over the weekend, 
Uh, and 60 Minutes tweeted out a portion of the interview, which just immediately freaked out Republicans. They noted that few rookie members of Congress have put such bold ideas on the national agenda and stirred up as much controversy as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who supports a Green New Deal to create jobs and save our planet from the worsening climate crisis by ending the use of fossil fuels as quickly as possible. And this is like uh, what Dan was talking about when it comes to lowering the age for Medicare. Well, we need to be able to pay for all of this. And AOC is starting to call for ways that we could pay for expanding uh, Medicare to all and a Green New Deal, et cetera. Here's a little bit of that conversation that has uh, got some Republicans sort of freaked out. You're talking about zero carbon emissions, no use of fossil fuels within 12 years? That is the goal. It's ambitious. And How is that possible? You're talking about everybody having to drive an electric car? It's going to require a lot of rapid change that we don't even conceive as possible right now. What is the problem with trying to push our technological capacities to the furthest extent possible? This would require the raising taxes. There's an element where, yeah, there, people are going to have to start paying their fair share in taxes. Do you have a specific on the tax rate? You know, you look at our tax rates back in the 60s. And when you have a progressive tax rate system, your tax rate, you know, let's say from zero to $75,000 may be 10% or 15%, et cetera. But once you get to like the tippy tops, uh, on your 10 millionth dollar, uh, sometimes you see tax rates as high as 60 or 70%. That doesn't mean all $10 million are taxed at an extremely high rate, but it means that as you climb up this ladder, you should be contributing more. What you are talking about, just big picture, is a radical agenda compared to the way politics is done right now. Well, I think that it only has ever been radicals that have changed this country. Abraham Lincoln made the radical decision to sign the, the Emancipation Proclamation. Franklin Delano Roosevelt made the radical decision to embark on establishing programs like Social Security. That is radical. Do you call yourself a radical? Yeah, you know, if that's what radical means, call me a radical. <laughs> and yeah, it's not particularly radical. Uh, increase taxes for rich people. How will we survive by increasing them much closer to what they were during the greatest period of economic growth and middle class expansion this country has ever seen? Back before Ronald Reagan, etc., began to end uh, the uh, growth of that middle class. How will we survive now, uh, as Think Progress notes, just 16,000 Americans, 16,000, that's not even enough to fill a hockey arena. 16,000 Americans uh, earn $10 million or more, at, at least as of 2016. A rate of 70% would nearly double the current tax rate for those high earners, but of course, only on everything that they make after their 10 millionth dollar. Oh, mercy. How will they survive? Republicans, of course, are already up in arms and they are lying about their proposal to the American public. After the uh, clip was tweeted out over the weekend, GOP House minority, I'm happy to say House minority whip Steve Scalise wasted no time in mischaracterizing this uh, tax rate proposal. 
It's a marginal tax rate proposal, but he mischaracterized it as an across-the-board tax rate. Scalise tweeted, uh, Republicans want to let Americans keep more of their hard-earned money. Democrats want to take away 70% of your income and give it to leftist fantasy programs. This guy's the House Minority Whip. And uh, he's, he's lying as if he's Donald Trump. Uh, AOC responded to that. She said, you're the GOP minority whip. How do you not know how marginal tax rates work? Oh, right. Almost forgot. GOP works for the corporate CEOs showering themselves in multi-million bonuses, not the actual working people whose wages and health care they are ripping off for profit. Love that. And can I just jump in here really quick? Because I... I want to point out this false narrative that's being promoted by Republicans that somehow action on climate change is going to be, oh, my God, it's so terribly expensive. That is not true. Numerous studies have shown that the damages from climate change are Mm -hmm. going to be far, far more impactful and economically disastrous than taking these actions to fight doing something about it. Yeah, action is far cheaper than inaction. and, And it's really ridiculous, of course, not surprising, however. However, that Republicans would promote a false narrative about the costs of acting on climate change. Let's take a quick break and come back with more of your calls. 818-985-5735. I know a lot of you want to ring in on all of this and what Democrats ought to be doing from here. I'd love to hear from you. Haven't even gotten to the profane calls for Donald Trump's impeachment, which I support profanely or otherwise a uh, quick break and we are back with uh, you and well whatever comes up 818-985-5735 I'm Brad Friedman this is the Bradcast the Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent 100% listener supported but we can't do it alone we need you please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation please drop by bradblog.com donate that's bradblog.com donate and thanks back. It's the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com, taking your calls on what you'd like to see the Democrats do now that they have uh, retained the uh, majority, at least, in the U.S. House, if not the U.S. Senate, if not in the White House. Let's go to uh, Marta in Big Bear Lake. Hey, Marta, welcome to the Bradcast. Well, thank you for hosting this uh, fascinating discussion. And I would really, really love to see the Democrats go after the war in Yemen that basically uh, we are working with Saudi Arabia to commit genocide against the Houthis, according to the uh, Genocide Convention, Article 2. Well, actually, the uh, the U.S. Senate, uh, both Republicans and Democrats, voted, I think, just before the New Year's, didn't uh, Yeah, just before the New Year's, I think, uh, at least a resolution uh, to say that we should not continue or we should not support uh, the, the Saudi Arabia in, in Yemen. Am I right about that, Marta? 
I believe it. My understanding is it passed the Senate mm-hmm. and did not pass the House on a party line vote. Except I, my understanding is five Democrats voted with the Republicans. The Democrats wanted uh, their agriculture subsidies. Um, you know, so I I may be off on the facts, but uh, I did call Ro Khanna's office. Mm-hmm. He's uh, basically. Uh, the congressman who led in the House. And so for more information, I would, you know, refer anybody to to that expert, not me. But uh, definitely it did not pass. And they're going to hopefully take it up again this year. But because of the agriculture subsidies, these Democrats uh, voted with the Republicans. I don't remember the details, hmm. but um, at any rate, this, you know, this is genocide. Yep. And we're looking at, what, 10 million, uh, 14 million people that are now starving because of the, the bombing that's preventing, you know, the, the food aid to get through the ports. And, of course, you know, our listeners already know that, so I won't drone on and on. But, you know, if we can't and genocide in 2019. What are, you know, why are we even a Democratic Party? Thanks, Marta. I appreciate that. Uh, as well, I appreciate the uh, drone on pun. I see what you did there. Thanks, Marta. Happy New Year to <laughs> you. Uh, let me go to Roger in Minneapolis. Uh, hey, Roger, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hi, Brad and Desi. Welcome back. We Thank you. Back. Thank um, you, sir. I, I think the uh, alarms need to be, the, the klaxons need to be going off really hard right now because uh, what we've got is a situation where um, I'm actually surprised that we got all the way to getting our Democratic uh, um, House majority back without Trump trying to use extraordinary powers to create a diversion, a war of some kind, perhaps something really horrible. But it does look like now he's going to use um, tomorrow to declare this emergency uh, uh, situation where he will have greatly expanded powers that go well beyond um, certain discretionary things regarding budget. And mark my words. If a, a, if a whole lot of noise doesn't get made in the next maybe 10 to 20 hours that scare Trump off from doing it, he's going to take those powers and he's not he's he's going to go well beyond the wall issue and his money there. He's going to well, go well beyond. Well, and I, I think he certainly will or would if he declares that uh, state of emergency or the national emergency, whatever powers he's going to try to use to uh, to divert money uh, from our defense, from uh, from the military in order to build his wall. But, uh, you know, a lot of legal experts say that is not legal. And as I noted, I think at the top of the show that not that that's ever stopped him. But you could be absolutely uh, you could be absolutely right. Uh, I, I, I actually think we yeah. have a few hours, few hours of pushback right now okay. in the media to maybe make an impact on that man's thinking that it might be too dangerous for him to try it. 
Well, Bruce Ackerman, the Yale law professor, uh, I think it was over the weekend, had an op-ed in the New York Times. He said that he thinks it's illegal. Uh, he says that he thinks that Congress, including the Senate Republicans, and I'm not sure if he's right about this, but that they will not let Trump do it. I don't know if he's right about that. There's another law professor uh, from Harvard, whose name I'm forgetting, who says, yes, it is perfectly legal that you get uh, uh, presidents get a whole bunch of, of uh, emergency powers that they can use if they want to. Of course, when they were granted those powers, I don't think anybody thought somebody like Donald Trump would use them. Um, but you may be right, Roger. May, may, I, may I refer you to the first segment of Ian Masters' Sunday show for, for the national audience, Ian Masters' background briefing. Mm-hmm. His first segment on his Sunday uh, um, contribution needs to be listened to by as many progressives as possible. All right. I appreciate that. And I'll, Thank uh, you very much. Pat. You bet. And I'll uh, pass on those words to Ian when I see him out in the hall after today's show. Uh, you can download the, uh, that uh, Sunday show, I think, from kpfk.org and also eadmasters.com if I'm remembering it correctly. 818-985-5735 is our phone number, 818-985-5735. Let's go to Donnie in Long Beach. Hey, Donnie, welcome to the broadcast. What do you think uh, Democrats need to be doing other than maybe sounding the klaxons about uh, Donald Trump's pretend national emergency? Brad, the uh, energy, energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act and the New Green Deal, they, they're both part of the same package, uh, the way I see it. But there is no point in taxing someone to give money to a drunk that, that's going to use more, buy more booze. In other words, if we tax the money and give it to someone else without explicit formulations and regulations, to apply that money into energy innovation that is that is green, truly green, like uh, uh, better cars, better energy efficiency. So, Don, Donnie, let me just, just uh, let me let me just jump in. So, Donnie, hang on a sec. Uh, so, you're talking about basically a a carbon tax, a fee, a carbon fee for for pollution, and then what it is that we do with the number. Oh, and hang on, I got uh, some breaking news here. Ian Masters just come, walks by the studio and puts a sign on the uh, window that says, it's backgroundbriefing.org, where you would download his Sunday show. Thank you, Ian. Uh, that was for the last caller. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Donnie, I broke into you, So, but you were talking about a carbon tax, carbon fee, right? Right, right. But where I don't see in any legislation other than in Germany that they explicitly use that money to, to fund solar energy and wind energy. And now in Germany, 65% of the population owns solar, mm-hmm. while in our country, 2% of the population and the rest is owned by, the, by, by corporations. Let me bring in Desi so, Doyen here, Donnie, for a second. Des, what are, there's been a lot of different proposals for carbon tax, carbon fee, and dividend. What is most of, is there, Donnie says that in those cases, that money that would be coming in would not be put towards solar programs? It all depends. Right. Now, so, 
Sorry, Donnie. It, it, it all depends because right now what's being discussed in Congress is a set of proposals and targets. They are going to be fleshed out with legislation. They're going to be fleshed out with policy. So the specific new Green Deal right now is not that specific. But the idea is that we have to ramp down carbon emissions as soon as possible with a target that we might not reach, but a target of 2030 and to upgrade all of the nation's energy grid the buildings, the transportation infrastructure, energy efficiency, and provide a just transition for folks who are uh, in in, uh, uh, poor areas that are harmed the most by pollution and will be harmed the most by climate change, and also job training for workers to accomplish all of this. None of this has been specifically done in legislation. Different states are trying different types of carbon fees and carbon pricing, but it all depends on the details. So there is no specific proposal yet right now. Uh, yeah, and, but w- there needs to be one. And Donnie's uh, vote, I, I'm with Absolutely. him, at least as far as a, a fee, a price on pollution. There's a what lot we of ways do to with do it, it thereafter is another question. Exactly. All right. Thanks for that call, Donnie. Uh, do I have time for uh, one or two more here? Let me try. Oh, it wouldn't be. Uh, we can't start the new year without going to our friend Mo Morris in Long Beach. Hey, brother, what you got for us? Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you too, Brad. I want to give a shout out to the Navy SEALs. They've got this rogue SEAL, right? And the Navy SEALs didn't like this guy. They didn't trust him. They thought he was a cancer, so they gave him up. And wouldn't you like to see all our institutions, all of our institutions, protect their integrity like the Navy SEALs? I remember when Clarence Thomas was talking to the Heritage Foundation, and you know they don't appreciate democracy, but he was talking to the Heritage Foundation. And he told those guys, he said, look, at some point, we got to recognize that we are destroying our institutions. And it would be very nice if, let's say, policing or judiciary people did the same thing that the Navy SEALs did. And in terms of the Democrats taking over the Congress, Brad, I don't mean to be negative or pessimistic, but it's not much that they can do. They don't have the courts, they don't have the U.S. presidency, and they don't have the Senate. Okay, now let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. What can the House of Representatives do that does not require a signature from the president or the cooperation of the Senate? Not a whole hell of a lot, Morris. And because we're at the top of the hour, I can't uh, go into details. Not a whole hell of a lot other than to set the agenda for where they're going in the years ahead. To A, stop the crazy stuff from going on. And B, say, this is who we are. We are Democrats. This is what we stand for. Put us back into power in the Senate and the White House in 2020. And this is what you'll get. That's what they can do. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Morris. Greatly appreciate it, brother. Great to talk to you, my friend. Uh, We'll be talking more, no doubt, in the days ahead. Thanks to everyone who called in. Apologies for those folks that I could not get to. Thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, uh, to my board operator today, D'Angelo Jones, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. Drop me an email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. That is it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.